Hi, my name's Clark Reynolds, aka The Blind Braille Artist. And my name's Steve Baker, and I'm Just Good Company. Together, we create the podcast Art in Sight. We're travelling along the South Coast for an Arts Council funded project to explore what audio description is. As an artist myself who's blind, I like to experience the art like it was attended. So, Steve, create that for me. Well, you can probably hear the traffic. Uh, we are actually in Brighton today at the Phoenix Art Gallery and in it's, Brighton. Yeah, tremendous. It's great to be in Brighton. There's so, so much art around. Uh, and isn't it weird we're stepping up to a gallery that looks like a 1970s council building? Council building. It is. I think it's, uh, as of all of the places we've visited so far, this is the most unusual looking uh, gallery building. It's not curated in itself, but then smack right bang on the front and up some steps is the Phoenix art space there. So you can't miss it. No, but you, wouldn't, you wouldn't, because of the nature of the building and the, the Phoenix is in black, it does look very industrial. It does. Uh, very 1970s. And the whole building is not just a gallery, it's studio spaces. Studio spaces. Uh, workshop spaces, uh, engagement engagement spaces, really interesting. It's and we're here to see? We're here to see the exhibition um, Under a Blue Sky by Alan Paler. Let's go in. Let's go inside. So as we uh, come inside the building, the uh, Under a Blue Sky is also supported by uh, Outside In, which is something that you know. Really personal, yeah. So Outside In, uh, when I started losing my sight, was I googled disability arts and they came top of the search. And they were only up the road in Chichester at the time. And now I'm an Outside In ambassador. So I promote their ethos, which is artists that face barriers in the artistic world. You know, and it's a big passion of mine to coexist in mainstream art. And that's what Outside In does. Tremendous. And so, actually, we've walked inside and it's parquet flooring. Different. It's different. It's, you know, it's as it was. I'm it, assuming this building would have been built Some in, kind of council building in back this in the day. way. And the, the gallery, as we sort of turn to our left here, is just through some sliding doors. Should we just go inside? Yeah. You're close doors behind us. I mean, you know, good, good housekeeping. We're here on our own, so... We're here on our own. Private. Proper private access viewing. to private viewing. So straight away um, we walk inside, and it's quite traditional in in, in itself. The, the gallery space is it's not as large as some of, that we've been to. Um, probably quite about intimate. Intimate, probably thirty meters square, and white walls. Um, from the nature of the sort of the age of the building, you've also got these. Sort of above our heads again, the electricity sort of conduits sort of going above, and all of the walls are just painted completely white. And there's great big open windows to our left, which is the front of the building, which is casting quite a lot of bright light through the room. And because of all the walls being white, it's displaying the art in that way. There's a few patches of colour here and there, which I'm sure we'll get into as we, nice. we go along. Yeah. So if I just read. Um, the part about the exhibition. So, Under a Blue Sky, Alan Paler. 
an exhibition by Outside In and the artists from the community art project Darlington. Outside In is proud to present Under a Blue Sky, an exhibition that showcases the work of Alan Paler after he won the first prize at Outside In's national exhibition, Environments, held, held with Piano Noble at King's Place, London 2019. Alan's work, The Garden, was selected from 80 exhibited works by a panel of judges, including Grayson Perrion and Cathy Piltington. Wow, so, well as, so we don't are quite sure what we're going to see at all, because I kept you in the dark again, as I always do. You have. Uh, so as we are going to look through Alan Paler's work, we'll, we'll get in and, and start describing. So it's right here. Well, I see this as a yellow box painted around this first piece. Yeah, so interestingly, as we've been sort of discussing sort of the white walls in a lot of galleries, actually in here, there's a few sections of the wall that have been painted and the background to this particular, the first piece that we're looking at here is bright yellow. So there's a bright yellow square painted on the white wall and inside that, there's the first piece that we're looking at. And isn't that great that, you know, we've talked about how obviously over our time about white walls and then putting the art up on the white wall, but just giving it a bit of colour makes the art seem so different. It does. It sort of draws your attention and creates a different contrast between what you're looking at as opposed to something very plain. It brings a slightly different emotion. And actually, with, the, with this um, exhibition, that this Alan's exhibition is the garden, I think that kind of yellow gives that sort of spring-like colour, doesn't it? Sort of spring It does. Feeling, it makes you feel happy just before you see the Almost, so, yeah, like the sun. So this first piece, I'm going to say... It's all framed, so I actually can't touch the art itself. Um, so it looks like it's been done in pen, in felt tips, felt tip pens. The whole piece is felt tip, tip pens, and and it's probably literal in the sense that it's a, a it looks like a a landscape of a great big garden, and. The pens have been used. Almost to the death. To the death, yes. You know, I remember as a child, you know, using your felt tip and, you, you know, the old ones, and you keep using it, using it, and it, and it starts to rub out. But you create these great mark-making styles. You know, it people does. think that felt tips are just for children. But felt tips are great. And, they you know, do. I know they've become very adult now with Posca pens, but... Poscas, pro pens, mixing pens, you know, there's a whole, there's a whole sea of opportunity to work in pens. And this, this has been used, the felt tips, the, major, the majority of the actual uh, piece itself is green. And those pens that are kind of running out, to, running out leaves the green mixed in with white. So you know when you see the sun cast across a field that's been mown? And yeah. you can see this, the, the wind will blow the grass so it looks white, shiny in the sun. Yes. It reminds me of, of that, of a great big field but we're looking kind of top down, so like it's, a bird's it's, eye view. Oh, so it's interesting, there's, there's two sections of the painting. One is, is in profile, and then the other one is a bird's eye view. I think that's the way it's, it's um, yeah, it's, it's, it's the perspective. So at the very bottom, so the front of the view, it looks like there's, to me, these, these, there's little red patches that have, little red dots, lots and lots and lots of dots. And then behind that, it looks like a fence of sorts and then there's lots of plant pots and various different plants coming out of them and they're all the little shapes that are obviously individually different and all the pots are lined up very neatly but in front of what i think looks like the fence to the bigger open expanse like a field a great big open field of grass are 
little, perhaps what are flower heads? Like. So 90% of the artwork is the green looking down and only 10% is what we perceive as the foreground. The foreground, and I suppose this part's got flowers in it. So these could be poppies or tulips and they're sort of, sort of just seeing the heads of them all across the front is my, is my description. A very joyous picture on a, a spring day. One last thing which is um, interesting, or, or I'm not completely sure what it represents or what it is, is in the middle of the field area, there's an area which is then created into a smaller circle. Uh, and you can sort of see that by the way that the pens have run out of their ink as it sort of creates this swirl. And around that there's a smaller outline and right in the middle there's just one yellow circle which looks like it's been outlined in pencil. So could, you know we said about looking at it from a bird's eye view, could that be a solitary tree looking down from it uh, from above and as it gets you know, smaller at the top and then bigger, bigger, bigger as you... Those, those prune trees you get in high-class gardens. It could easily, yeah, it could be, I think you might be right. Some object could be a tree, a tree in the middle of... A highly pruned garden, so someone's taking care. Someone's taking care of drawing it. He really has. Ooh. So, Alan was one of 80 artists selected to exhibit at Outside In's 2019 National Exhibition Environments which attracted more than 900 submissions. I was one of them. I submitted a bit of work. Mine didn't get in, unfortunately. Yeah, you can't win them all, but I know. This exhibition was the first time Alan had ever exhibited with Outside In, and his artwork, The Garden, was selected by Grayson Perry, Kathy Pilkington, and Robert Travers as the prize-winning artwork. Each national prize winner receives the opportunity for a solo show. Which is where we are right now. We are. It's great. Shall we move along to some of the other pieces? Yeah. So each one has got a title. So each piece, actually, there. What was that piece just titled back there? That was called the garden. So these these pieces uh, are displayed in a set of four, and once again, they're framed pieces, and it's it's uh, felt tip pens as well again. But that style of uh, overall false perspective—that style of different, yes, yeah, slight different perspectives on different parts of the of the canvas gives you a sense of mapping and also kind of first person point of view, sort of mixed in. Um, so you kind of get different parts that are giving you a different perspective. And there's four in this little set. And I'll describe the, I'll describe this first one here. So you have long stemmed flowers and there's six of those across the bottom. And they look, and, and the very front is a riverbank covered in, coloured in those pens. And the felt tips, once again, they've kind of got that white and that white kind of been used. They've either been used deliberately like that to leave as if almost oh, as if the hash, hash marks like crosshatch. Oh, no, what it actually, I mean, I think if you were to perceive this as a riverbank and this is grass, I think, you know, he's drawn every single a blade of grass, every single blade of grass. Yeah. And then behind that, with the flowers standing up right, what, you know, I'm imagining now is the riverbank. The second part of this picture as you go up it is the same thing, but there's waves and it looks like a river. So it looks like this is on the bank of a river, one side on the, the bank of the river on the other side, and the front, the middle section, is a nice bright blue. So you're seeing the river, as it were, and the, and the way that the 
pen's been done, once again, it's very individual elements of the water. Time consuming. You can imagine him sitting down with those pens taking hours upon hours to produce the, the mark making. Absolutely. And the flowers themselves are ripe, bright yellow, followed by an orange circle, followed by bright yellow. So patterns. your typical flower, if, it, if you drew a flower? If any, yeah, if you were to doodle a flower. That's how you doodle a flower? That's how you doodle a flower. Does it feel like there's movement within the flowers? So yeah, so each of us, well, they, it looks like a serene day in that respect. They're not, you know, so the, they're quite, they're, they would be like sunflowers. So they'd be tall if there was movement, they'd be blowing over. So I think here, they're standing up tall and behind them, you can see the other side of the bank. And what's interesting is actually, it looks like the thickness of marker has changed on the other side of the bank. I think that's the individual marks of oh, the grass. Oh, so the, the, the felt tip's got thicker, the actual nib. The nib has got thicker, so you, the perspective has, I think, changed a little bit, so you obviously can't see the individual blades of grass, but it looks like the other side of the bank. So he's using the thickness of the pen to create depth within the artwork itself? Yes. As it moves up above the centre of the page, there's a long strip of darker blue going all the way across, separating the top and the bottom. Um, and then above that, what would be the very top actually is all in um, a sort of a, 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 a reddy brown colour. Almost um, like inside a cave. Inside a cave. That's exactly, that's what I, I think. Is that what you're thinking? You're thinking it was inside a cave? It's inside a cave because at that point you would imagine that it would be the horizon yes. and the sun, but actually because of the, the sky in this colour would be a brown, but then the, right in the middle where the sun would be in an oval shape, just above the skyline, it's actually a much brighter blue. So what's the piece called? So actually the piece is called Flowers and Brown Sky. That's interesting because the way we've described it feels like it's inside a cave with the nature of the colours and, and the sun, even though it, we didn't say it was the sun, the sun is blue, which it looks like the entrance or the exit of the cave. Yeah, it, it, that's how it looks. But I think that when, if you look around the outside of what would, you know, the space that is the sun, there are these orange little sunbeams just coming away from the Roger edge. Why an eye? Because like, with eyelashes. Yes. Yeah, so it's like an eye with eyelashes. And it's, it's interesting because the colours are not what your perception would normally expect of the sun and the sky. So there's a sort of a, a different way of looking at this piece. But I suppose you could say that this would be a riverbank and then this could be the sea and that could be the sun. It's the way we use colour to perceive what the brain wants it to perceive. Absolutely, yes, very interesting. And they remind me of, like, the first two we've seen, they remind me of almost like postcards. Postcards you would send, if you were at that place, you would send home to your folks and say, now visited this place. Yeah, and it's a, an abstract version of this place that we went to. Yeah, they're all very, they're all landscape. And these pieces are probably around maybe 60 or 70 centimetres in, in width and perhaps 50 high so that you know they're a2 in size roughly. a2 roughly yeah so and they these pieces are all a2 i think the next piece is slightly more the over there the pieces get slightly bigger um should we should we look up at this one up to the top left that's slightly different than the other ones that we've we've seen different colors different colors altogether yeah so i think this one 
has got, uh, it's got a border, hasn't it? It is very, very, a very abstract piece. So actually, whether we can describe this as to what it might be is going to be interesting. So overall, the, the pieces in oranges, yellows, and the browns. And the border is a, a big rectangle which is black and orange and black and orange and black and orange all the way around the outside. And inside that, the first background is all orange. And inside that, there's a great big oval type shape. It's not completely oval, it's got different elements to it. And inside that, there's this big brown space and all of this is out of the pens again. And you can see where the pens have all been coloured and where they've gone over each other. You always get that darker line, the, don't you, when you are a child, you always get the darker line. You get the darker line and then in the middle, there's another one of these circles, which has kind of got checkered or different coloured lines going all around. So the circle itself is actually creating a kind of a, another inner space and inside that there's another one. It feels like an island. It, I think it, you know, you could have, yeah, if you were to imagine in the other picture where the, you're looking at a different colour sky. I mean, this would be the sea potentially would be orange and the, the island would be what you're looking at. And the, the, the piece we saw before could be within the island. It could. Because yes, of the yeah, I mean, these yeah. two, yeah, you could say, because of that same colour brown, you could say, well, that island, that's the cave, that's the sky, and it's those two pieces linked together. They're linked together. But there is something on this one that I'm going to just have a look at up to the top and there is a little head of a, hang on. So there's like a little head of what looks like a little, is it a snake or something? Like a, can you, I don't know. I can't say, no, because obviously the nature yeah, of the colours all colours are, Yeah, these colours are very on the same tonal differences for me. Well, actually, uh, I'm gonna, so you could say if that was the, head of a little snake, and then it would go all the way. Maybe this part, can you see where my hand is? Yes. Is like the snake's body. Wrapping round. A family of snakes? A family of snakes. In the middle? What's the piece called? It's only that one bit that makes that make any sense. However, let's look at it. <laughs> It's called snake. It's called snake. Are you kidding me? So this little head here, so let's sort of look back, I suppose, so snake is curled around the inner part, whatever that inner part is. And this, these, these lines of the different checkered nature that I was describing. It like chevron lines. Chevron lines. I think they're the... You'd find, the you find of, in a motorway. They're the sort of scales of... of uh, it's interesting how we perceive, perceive that from the colours from the other one. We've gone directly from the, the same browns and you've directly you know, said, talked about that brown and, and my mind just went, oh, that'd be interesting if they were connected. Yeah, and I think the, I, what I really enjoyed about that is that this and that, these colours do sort of match each other. And I think the idea that this is, uh, this is an inside the island and that's the island there, I think I that's like our, that That's connection. our perception. That's and our I, wonder, perception. I wonder when the curator was putting this up and obviously you've got all his artwork thought about exactly the same thing as we did. Yeah, I think these four pieces together, of which we've described two, um, they do fit 
in that way. You could almost imagine sea and land colours. So they're that, all that linked to that island that up in the top corner, they're what you expect. We talked about postcards, so postcards from Snake Island. Postcards from Snake Island. There you go. Postcards from Snake Island. Fantastic. So beautiful. So should we take a look uh, along at these three here in a row? Because I think they're all quite different. Okay. So again, I see the yellow square, a bit tangular behind these pieces has been painted on. Yes, it has, yeah. So once again, these three pieces are painted on a lovely yellow square, which gets them that pop. Because as you can imagine, as you can, the bright felt tip colours are there. The colours don't mix as well as if they were, were paints. And so they're sort of very bright colours in the way that they've, they've been used. It's an interesting how from the space from the first yellow box to the second yellow box, it's become that corner, so it makes the space feel a lot bigger. Yeah, so it expands it out. So there's a yellow box, one end of, of the, of the exhibition, section. and there's one there. So everything in between is just Alan's work, and everything else in here is part of the whole... Um, Darlington. Darlington pro project. Um, so let's, let's look at this first piece. So this looks, just to give it a, 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 a sort of a, an overview, it looks like um, a bunch of people, a whole collection of people that are happy in what looks like a garden, maybe climbing a tree. And at the front, there's kind of all plant pots again that are all there. It looks like some, a whole happy tribe of people in a garden having a great time. Everyone's smiling. When, ever How since many people it, are there? about 30 different people and they're drawn, uh, they're kind of doodled. So you've got square bodies, little legs, little arms, little heads. And uh, do you remember when we were at the, um, when, we, when, when we did this for the first time at, at My Dog Size outside? Yes. Um, and we noticed that quite a lot of the characters weren't Smiling. None of them were smiling. None of them were, except for one that we found, which was probably why we were even here. But um, every single character on, on, on this uh, piece is smiling, everyone. So they've all got joy they've in their expression. They've all got joy, and they've all, uh, the majority, in fact, all, some have got, all got blue eyes, some have got no colour eyes. Uh, but I can see here, do you remember also the piece that we, we were looking at when we were at... Um, Hastings. Hastings that a friend painted with all the characters on, remember? Yes, with the Posca pens. Yes, there's a similar sort of feel to this in the sense that they're all doing something different. So I can see, it looks like there's a little one on someone's shoulders over here and there's a similar thing over there and there's sort of larger ones and smaller ones to give the sense of um, adults and children. So that false perspective again, so we're looking down upon their enjoyment as if they're looking up as if a drone has gone overhead and, it, and the drone says smile and they're all captured in that smile yeah, position. Yeah, they're all smile and so this part in the middle is there's a in between two groups of people so maybe this is two families there's a there's a bright yellow uh, section bright yellow sort of circle and around the outside which well, that maybe that might be a fire of sorts so surrounding the fire, enjoying themselves. What I find interesting is at the front, there's all these multicolored, what look like 
plants in plant pots. Um, and they, on, on those... They remind me of cacti. They look like cacti, multicoloured cacti, and they also remind me of little Christmas trees, just multicoloured Christmas trees. Yeah, yeah. People just get out of the closet every 12 months and then they're still tatty, but they still put up those, those little tiny... Uh, Baubles, just because. Just because, and they've all got baubles or lights on them or something. Remind me of trolls. Remember trolls? Gonks. 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 Yeah. 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 They're yeah. all the different hairstyles. All the different hair. And the different colours and the different personalities. So this, even though you got, you said about the faces having all the same expression, the the, the cacti at the front or where we're pronouncing them, the gonks and trolls, each one looks like they're different personalities. They've all got. Mentioning the gonks, a couple have kind of got Mohicans. I think that's one of the, <laughs> you remember the, the you know, the, the Mohican gonks yeah. and how you really nailed it there. Like the, a lot of the characters have got that hairstyle, which is quite cute. It makes it feel really joyful. There's a real sense of play in it's, it. It's weird with his artwork, the, the sense that he, he uses the, the paper and doesn't, he lays it out in, in such a way that like, you know, 70% of this artwork is kind of the foreground and, and then the, the, you know, got, so it's not split up as correctly as you would for, think a painting would be. No. So there's a slithers like the front areas are a lot smaller than the the back. So you get uh, actually when you look across uh, these last few that we we've been talking about, it's very similar in that way. There's like a the foreground, especially on the the flowers one that we were speaking earlier, and this one, there's a sense of this foreground being created, and it's huge. So he expense. knows what he's doing with regards to composition. Composition. It's not. It's not that like, oh, I just get my pens out and just scribble away. He's thought about the nature of the perspective and, and how he sees the world, maybe. Well, the absolute. Well, how could it be? And what is the title of the piece? Because that may change our perception of what you've just we've just talked about. So, oh, there you go. So it's called football in the park. There you go. So I think that the, the... The two teams. The two teams and the colours and this section here. The one thing I didn't mention is there's a grey circular. So there's a yellow and a grey circular. So they brought, you bought two balls two and balls. decide on which ball to play with. Yep. And you said about the, the mud, the, mud, the brown, that could be the mud on a dirty playing field. Yeah, there's some mud on the dirty playing field. Now what the field does the, the cacti come into play? Maybe this is as if you were looking out of, or maybe they're the people watching. Um, what, in their different coloured jerseys? In their different coloured jerseys, or it could be that if you were, say, looking into the park and you yourself were, say, at home, and this might be... You're looking for your fence. This is your, your balcony, greenery. your fence, looking over to a field that you can see people playing football in the park. Great, I love that. That's really joyful. It is, and I like the way they're all so happy. I mean, you don't see that much in paintings. So I swear to God, you got so you got four, four, two. <laughs> <laughs> now, now you're seeing formations. Now you've got I've, the seen, I've got the football teams and everything. Although it's 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 obviously all against all because they're not wearing the same kit. No, because back, <laughs> yeah, back in our day it was um, jerseys off or jersey on. It was, and that's not the way this is. But there you go. But there and this one's a bit bigger than the other ones, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. So this is more like an A1 uh, size piece. And the next couple are of a similar size. Let's go to the next one. Again, he has that way of composition, the paintings, in such a that your eye is drawn somewhere completely different. This is the sky, isn't it? It feels like, yeah, it feels like the sky. And but it also feels like there's something, you know, when you used a child and you used to look up at the clouds and you used to, used to make up ideas of what the clouds look like? Yeah. For me, 
it feels like that, that there's something in in the sky that his, his imagination is taking over and he's drawn that yeah so the top part of this is if you, um, the front area right down the front the same type of perspective is a small panel of green which looks like the the ground and then there's a, once these little these little different shapes as well these, these cacti, cacti shapes. shapes all the way along there probably about 30 or maybe more in different colors i think they maybe represent people uh, different colorful people and then the rest is this bright blue in the felt tips again and it, what it looks like as you've described there is cloud shapes and that those haven't been colored so the clouds have been left um, and but they are shaped and that's that imagination that you've got there but they're all kind of doodles there's nothing specific it's not like you can and it's yeah. not your typical cloud shapes either no i mean i'm, I'm looking draw. down now and i can see a hammerhead shark in my own imagination and maybe someone over there sort of walking along with gangly legs and and then the other thing that's in the sky are these square colorful boxes uh, and other grey shapes, which I think could look like kites to me. Oh, I think, yeah, kites. So they're all flying kites and a big kite festival. Yeah, it's a big kite festival. So you've got a great big expanse of blue with, though once again, the, I wonder whether the speed at which he's creating um, is why you've got that white and, white and color. I mean, if you were, because some of the, some of the pieces are more densely filled and some have got this speed of, well, you know, speed of work. I remember yeah. when we used to draw with felt tips, they used to always bleed through the paper. Yeah. And well, that would be interesting if it was underneath the, the process of actually creating these, what, we, what would be the marks left behind or the reverse of this artwork, which would be really interesting. It's like a tapestry, you know, when you sew things, and then you look on the back and it's such a messy, you can but see I that. find that more creative in a way. And it'd be really interesting if one of these pieces were turned around the other way to see how much of the felt tip would bled through. So you can have a look to how hard- Yeah, the pressure, because you, you get to know the emotion of how he felt when making those marks. Yeah, you can see it from the front. And, and, and it's, so some of it you can see. And once again, the different size markers have been used again on the sky. So you can see- Maybe he's let his one rest. You know when you have felt tip and you, you start scribbling and it kind of, the ink just like disappears and, you, and then you, you put it to the side and you pick up the same color and you go again and then you, you go back to the other one. It's like the ink, you only get so much time with that ink and you have to get that mark down before it, it, like, it goes away. This is probably several blue pens in one go because it's going to run out. Um, that's probably part of it as well. So overall, should we have a look at what this one's called? Yeah. So this one's simply called Blue Sky. Which I think and we've created our own stories just by looking at that blue sky. We have. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm intrigued by these little shapes. Actually, looking at a few of them now, you could imagine they were little multicoloured rainbow bunny rabbits, maybe. Um, it's not obvious what they they are, but they do add an element of. They seem to pop up in a couple of these artworks, like his signature. One, yeah, these little shapes, characters. Maybe these. This is the crowd looking at the Happy Kite Festival. Yeah. Should we move on to this next large the, the one? Large one again. So this was a lot brighter. So I don't know if you can perceive these colours any no, better. No, because obviously posted behind frames as well. The, the glare takes, takes that visual away completely. Um, I can tell that it, it kind of a, the whole thing looks like a, a you no, know, the old wham bars used to eat. Yes. As a child with a pink and all those multicoloured candy inside it. Yes. That would basically take your teeth right out. Yes. 
Is that what it is? I don't know, but I think you've given that's a really good start yeah. for yeah. this. So you, that whole central area, most of this canvas, which is again about A1 size, is bright pink. Surrounding the border, there's multicolored, so sort of a rainbow spectrum of colors, probably around about an inch thick, and it goes all the way around, all around the sides and the bottom, and they're they're different colours all the way around, creating patches. At the top, the very top going all the way along the top, it's more deliberate. And there's brown, brown shapes, squares, and on top of those there's little triangles, so it gives a sense of beach huts, maybe. Maybe. So what would so if that's the beach huts and the pink could be the way we've looked perceived his artwork where he changes colours around with that could be sand with pebbles. It could be sand. So yeah, you're right. So all the middle, the bit that you described as the wham bar, yeah. and those sparkly bits, you know, in the wham crunchy, is all different colours again in the middle. And those are just a, all rainbow colours. And once again, the, you can see that a lot of um, effort has been made to cover the majority of the central area, all very much pink, but each one of the colours isn't overlapped. So each one has been individually created and there's probably two or three hundred different little colours. And so, yeah, the, the theme coming out is it's a, it's a beach of sorts. And maybe. that false perspective. So you said about the colours going all the way around the side. So imagine these carried the beach huts from a different point viewpoint all the way around the side of this artwork. Yes. And the, the beach huts at the top Oh, do you know those when you go to windbreakers, those windbreakers? Yes. Yeah, those, like the colourful ones. The colourful windbreakers, those sort of stripes. I mean, that, they, these, this all around, the, all around the outside could be colourful windbreakers that are just, just sort of framing, maybe just in front. Or maybe this is the view from sitting inside a windbreaker, looking back towards the, the beach huts. I mean, I, I mean his, his point of perspective is so interesting for someone who can't see so I'm trying to think of how he is drawing it from his perspective. It's an interesting way of viewing landscape. We talk, we talk about landscape, you know, the forefront, the background and the sky, and then we're, we're perceiving it as, oh, this is how you should see the world. And our podcast is, is about seeing it differently. And this, these last few paintings has truly changed the perspective of how we see his work. It is. Shall we take a look at what this one's yeah, called? Yeah, one? hopefully it's a beach. I really, I really, I really, I really do. <laughs> it's called Pink Flowers, is what it's called. So let's okay. just take a little re-look at that. So maybe, I mean, it is really pink. The whole thing is pink. And maybe these are pots and uh, that's not quite what we saw. But No, but that's, that's the beauty of art. Everyone sees something different. Indeed, Pink Flowers. There you have it. Thanks for joining us for this episode. If you'd like to find out more about the special Baker Reynolds method of audio description, or you'd like to know more about Art Insight, you can find us on Instagram at Art Insight Podcast. Till next time. <laughs>